Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today. Great to be with you. And uh, as Heather mentioned, uh, the Senate has the bill now. It's a big, long bill, as they often are. Uh, Utah's two senators are not back there uh, for the vote, but they are weighing in quite heavily. They, I know they both of them uh, have been poring over the specifics of the bill. It's always different when you get the bill text. Uh, and I know that they are both uh, issuing statements. They're both uh, texting and calling their colleagues back in D.C., talking about areas that may be of concern or things that need to be watched out for. Uh, so while they will not be able to cast a vote today, they both are uh, both Senator Romney and Senior Senator Mike Lee are uh, making a difference and exerting uh, Utah influence on what's happening back in in Washington today. We'll continue to monitor that here on KSL News Radio. Also, just one more reminder: coming up at twelve thirty. Uh, we will have the coronavirus call in. Uh, you can uh, weigh in, ask your questions. Sid Dixon uh, will be joining Jeff Kaplan uh, to talk about the impact on students. Uh, very, very important. So uh, make sure you stay with us on here on KSL News Radio. All right, as we come down the uh, the home stretch today, uh, this this is a, an interesting test for the American people. We're kind of at this moment where it's kind of the regather. I think we all kind of got through that first week or so, threw in a little earthquake uh, just for good measure to add to the degree of difficulty. Uh, but it's interesting to me that as we're watching and listening, you know, to TV, to radio, as we're consuming social media, uh, the wall-to-wall coverage of the challenges facing. Everyone from individuals and families to communities, states and and the entire country in relationship to the coronavirus is is pretty relentless. And there's a lot of people who keep asking this question, you know, how will America ever recover? How will the world ever recover from this? And I I think there's a pretty easy answer to this. It actually comes uh, from uh, General George Patton. Uh, General Patton said the test of success is not what you do when you're on top. Success is how high you bounce when you hit bottom. And I think the American people are in for a real test of our bounceability. Yes, that's the word of the day is bounceability. Remember, success is not how high you soar or what you do when you're on top. Success is how high you bounce when you hit bottom. And we don't actually know where the bottom is just yet. But that ability to bounce back, to keep things in perspective, and then to begin to climb again, to exert again, to build again, is a vital characteristic for success in anything, in any area of life. And bounceability really has been part of the American experience from the very beginning. 
uh, often as Americans, we, we focus on our big victories, our big breakthroughs, our innovations, our, our great achievements as a nation. And it's interesting, though, that uh, America and our people have endured some pretty epic losses, <laughs> some pretty dark days, some pretty heart-wrenching defeats. So in addition to, you know, the natural disasters, we've, we've also had many moments uh, where it would have been easy for the country to just cower in the corner or completely give up. Uh, the early battles of the revolution, uh, a lot of losses, a lot of bounceability tests there. Uh, the initial weeks of the Constitutional Convention, marked by devastating defeats. Abraham Lincoln's political career in and of itself is a lesson in bounceability. Pearl Harbor, stock market crash, space shuttle disaster, 9-11. Uh, those are just a few of the many episodes in our nation's history where we weren't soaring high, we were hitting bottom. And it's our bounceability that has always brought us back, the resilience of the country and its people. It's part of our history. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. And it's part of what gives me a lot of hope for tomorrow, for the future. Uh, I, I love the old story uh, about the uh, the sign hanging from a rusty nail on the front porch of an old farmhouse that uh, said a lot about the bounceability of the farmer who had lived there for half a century. The sign read, burned out by drought, drowned out by flood, ate out by jackrabbits, sold out by sheriff, still here. Uh, that's bounceability. We've been talking today about some of our Olympic athletes and their bounceability. Can you imagine working your whole life for an Olympic moment and then just months before it was to happen, you're told, well, it's not going to happen until next year. Can you? I, mean, I have a hard time getting on my elliptical for 30 minutes every day. I can't imagine being a marathon runner and say, well, you actually got to train for another 15 months before your Olympic moment. But our Olympic athletes have that bounceability factor. They're resilient. Uh, I want to play one from uh, Lolo Jones, uh, American hurdler and bobsledder. So she works in both the summer and winter games. Uh, here's what she had to say. It directly hurts me in my, in my career because I honestly don't know if my body has another year to train for the Olympics, but it's what needed to be done. Two, it affects me because I as well compete in the Winter Olympics. So, uh, you know, I can do, still do bobsled training. It's a little bit different than track training, but those qualifying processes would be around the same time as the Summer Olympic Games now. Wow. So big shift to her world. Uh, how she trains, how she competes. Will she be able to compete in both summer and Olympic as she's done in the past? Uh, also, an interesting quick uh, quick uh, clip from uh, Kathleen Noble, uh, who's part of the uh, Ugandan rowing team. So actually, it was kind of relieving that they actually made a decision because I feel like the last two weeks trying to train has been really hard mentally because it's like, why am I putting in all this work? It's not going to happen anyway. So that uncertainty is so hard, not knowing what's next. And I think a lot of us are dealing with that part of it, is not knowing exactly how this ends or when this ends or what that ending looks like uh, can be really exhausting, uh, which is why we keep saying, don't focus on a new normal, focus on the new now. What can you do today? What do you have control of in your world, in your sphere today that can make a difference? Because that's how you get resilient. And resilience matters not just from a mental standpoint. It also is going to be part of your physical makeup your physiological ability to 
fight off the virus, to, to resume to normal, to be able to get your work done, to have energy, to have focus. Uh, you have to engage and, and be ready for all of that. And the reality is, as we look at this, uh, I like to call it the bounceability quotient. How high do you bounce when you hit bottom? Because every one of us is going to face adversity. We're all going to have challenges. We're all going to have obstacles in life. And I really, I passionately believe this, that the determining factor for our success is going to be, what what are we going to do when the adversity comes? What are we going to do when we hit bottom? Are we going to persist or are we going to panic? Uh, will we murmur or will we ponder and figure out what the lessons to be learned are? Will we, will we look for reasons to push forward or will we find all the excuses that often hide in the refrigerator <laughs> or in front of a TV screen that uh, it's not fair and we can just figure out ways to just justify not doing anything at all? Instead, what we need to do is to be more resilient and figure out what are the opportunities. I think there are enormous, extraordinary, once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunities coming. They're coming to the state of Utah. I guarantee it. They're going to come to those individuals who are ready to embrace it and capture it and go with it. Because sometimes sometimes success is just simply showing up day after day. That's resilient. Uh, remember that we often run out of energy and bounce uh, long before we run out of opportunity. And whether that's in life or in business, uh, it's often a war of attrition where more and more the competition quits or gives in or gives up because of the frustration or the the setbacks are just too devastating. But to those who understand the the power and the importance of their bounce, uh, they're going to keep going. And I firmly believe that in the coming days, America's bounceability is going to be on full display. Uh, Our people in this nation have already showed an incredible willingness to help each other out. To there's countless stories out there of all kinds of acts of kindness that are, are making a difference. And we got to keep that going because I believe our test as a nation will be found in what we do. Not today, not just tomorrow, but weeks from now, months from now, years from now. The bounceability of this country is always on display when we do it for the long haul. So perspective, bounceability, determination, resilience is what we need. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.